action. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is the Irish Abroad Show. I'm joined once again from our boy Jer Brown. Well, I'd probably say the other way around. Um, Jer is joined by me. But here we are um, the day after the um, World Cup final. And Jer, what did you think of the World Cup final? What did you think of the World Cup overall? Yeah, never thought you'd say that the week of Christmas week, the day after the World Cup final. But uh, it was a brilliant tournament with a great conclusion it has to be said yesterday obviously we all know the circumstances around the tournament and everything else like that but from a football and a spectacle point of view it was brilliant um for 78 80 minutes yesterday you thought this was one way of traffic it was all argentina and it felt like it was inevitable that they were going to coast out to victory they probably looked more likely to get the third goal at the time france just could barely even put three or four passes together they looked shocking it looked like it was going to be one of the worst team performances in the World Cup final. But you always kind of felt that if they got one, with the way Argentina collapsed against the Dutch, the way they crawled over the line after conceding against Australia, even go back to the group game when Saudi Arabia scored, they kind of caved in and lost that. You felt if France could get one, they could put the pressure on. And lo and behold, after Mbappe's penalty, he scores that wonderful goal, makes a 2-2. And then you think for the last 10 minutes of normal time plus injury time, France are going to win this. Argentina are both mentally and physically gone. They're shattered. France are absolutely high on uh, confidence now all over them. And you kind of felt and fear for Argentina going to extra time, but you would say they were probably slightly the better team in extra time. It looked like it was going to have the perfect ending with Messi getting the winner. And then, of course, France had to go down the other end of the pitch. Mbappe completed his hat-trick, and, and the drama just went on. It was end-to-end. There was chances. There was that brilliant save from Martinez. Then the... Um, Argentina going under into the pitch. Martinez, pretty tame header, probably should have done better. But I just had that feeling maybe because France lost the penalty shootout in the Euros last year to Switzerland. Argentina had got over the line against Argentina, or against, sorry, Holland. I felt they were going to win the penalty shootout. And just obviously as well, Martinez is you know, such a kind of a shit stirrer, is probably the best way to describe it, these penalty shootouts. You know, kind of very good with the mind kind of games and everything else like that. And, you know, Messi kind of calmly scrolled in his penalty. Um, can't remember who was who missed France's first penalty that Martinez saved. I think it was Camavinga or one of those lads, Chumendi. Yeah, Chumani. And just kind of felt that it was definitely going to be destiny for Argentina. But I think it was like Darren Maloney said in commentary after it. It felt like they had to win it three times. But no, it's brilliant. I think it was good, obviously, because Messi now has finally completed football. And we can end the debate about whether he'll ever be remembered for being a top, top player. And he will. It definitely now 100% remember that's the best player of our generation. But I think just in general as well, if France had won yesterday, it would have been the fifth World Cup in a row that would have been won by a European team. And you kind of would have been felt, where is the state of kind of football going? So it's good that it's been taken away from Europe. It's good that another continent has won it. It was a very good tournament from that sense. You think back to 2018, Europe dominated that World Cup. The last four teams were all European, whereas we had you know South American and African team, Morocco as well, were brilliant in this World Cup, brought so much so. Yeah, a great World Cup with a great conclusion. And obviously, I think even from an Irish point of view, 13 years on, on Rehan ball is still bitter. So it's no harm to see France beating either. Yeah, even though everyone changed the tune after they beat England. But yeah, look, as you say, it's, yeah. uh, it's, um, it's great. It's a fairy tale ending to see Messi win the World Cup. I think once it got to the semi final, I think every general football fan, bar the Ronaldo lovers um, and the French, wanted Messi to win it um, just purely because. If you look at footballers and generally the best players ever, there's always they always have some sort sort of thing like 
that weighs them down. Like Ronaldo did the stupid interview with Pierce Morgan. Maybe not as bad as like say the stuff with like Maradona was done for doing um with Argentina. Maybe Pele was one who who never really got in trouble, but there always seems to be something that happens. Like Zidane, when he finished and he headbutted Manorazzi, and his career kind of ended badly in terms of the um, the way they got sent off. The French lost, and if he had kept his cool, they probably would have won it. Um, I think if you look at stuff like that, Messi, he's he's pretty much gone through his career pretty perfect. Now he's got a bit angrier over over the years. I will say, um, like he does get quite snappy at people, as you can see. He's, he did it to Weghorst after the uh, Holland game, and all he was snapping at him in the uh, post-match press conference or post-match interview. Sorry, and uh, yeah, he was he was snapping at him and just be like, "What are you What are you looking at, stupid?" or whatever. But that's the only kind of real thing you would say negatively towards him, and even still, it's not that negative uh, in reality. So. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm delighted that he's won it. I think it 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 etches his name in history, and um, everybody who's a football fan would have wanted that fairy tale ending. And it's it's kind of like in sim in some ways, um, you know, Michael Jordan the way he used to win everything with basketball and stuff like that. I'm sure there'll be a documentary out in a few years of of how much Messi had to dig deep to get through and win and you just knew you just felt when that ball fell to him an extra time when he scored that goal that it was going to be Argentina's day although when they did concede the two I did think they were going to crumble at that stage and I thought Mbappe might get a third just before full uh, the 90 but he didn't um, obviously got the penalty laid on and in fairness to him he showed balls of steel as well to uh, to uh, bury the the three penalties I think it was in the end and the goal the the goal he scored was unbelievable as well and he showed his quality and I think he'll be looking to emulate uh, Messi uh, at the end of his career I know he's already won the World Cup and stuff like that I think the focus now would be for him would be the Champions League with PSG but um, he's definitely got a, a huge career ahead of him now and, and yeah look it's, it's maybe the passing of the torch now Messi's retired from international or no no he hasn't retired from international football but he's, he's not going to play another World Cup he has said so uh, I think he'll get the 100 goals or whatever it is. I think he's only two goals away. And then he'll probably just say, see you later. I've done what I can for the country and leave. So, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they've pretty much kind of sums it all up there as well. Like I said, it was a brilliant, brilliant tournament. Even if you take away you know, the twists and turns in the group stages. Like I said, what Morocco kind of brought to it as well. Um, like the drama as well, the Holland Argentina quarterfinal yesterday as well. It was I think Morocco were the tournament. unsung heroes in, in many ways. You know, yeah. they're a very likable team. Um, they've got players like Hakimi and Ziyech and stuff like that, and they're good players that you want to see do well. And and obviously when they were beating the likes of Spain and Portugal and stuff like that, that's like that's what you want to see kind of from uh, a neutral, you know. Yeah, and like even the, the game when they did last got knocked out against France, like they died with their their boot on. You can't say they didn't give it a go and left anything out there. They had some really really good chances, and it wasn't like you know as you mentioned, you know, song story very similar to maybe Greece when they were all yours, but it wasn't like they were like them with a setback and they were caging defensive. Like as you said, they had some really good players and they were able to play football. And you forget as well, they played Belgium. I know Belgium maybe aren't a team they were a couple of years ago. They played Belgium off the park as well in their in the group stages, like so. As I said, like on the show last week, there's probably maybe similarities between themselves and maybe Ireland to Jack Charlton's days and stuff like that. So we could kind of probably buy into it a little bit that way. But no, it was, it was a, a brilliant tournament. It's just mad to think now, you know, it's, it's so annoying. Why is the World Cup every four years? We have to wait another three and a half years in this case for the next one. So I know we've got the Euros uh, in two summers' time. That would be obviously something to look forward to as well. Obviously, whether we're going to be there or not, we'll, we'll have it. We'll, have a, we'll 
probably know we will know by more than like this time extra like but uh yeah at least we've got the premier league now i suppose unlike maybe when the world cup traditionally finishes in the summer you know that's it for another four or five weeks until club football comes back but i suppose we're probably great from this point of view we're, we're straight we're straight back into it like the championship and, and scottish premiership we're going to touch on is back already there's league cup games now this week and then it really takes another level um when the premier league resumes on this day week and Stevens to say yeah i'm delighted keep the football coming and obviously it's good to have it over the christmas and stuff like that so yeah um a lot of irish involvement in goals uh this week which i'm sure we'll, we'll get stuck into now and uh it's good to see but we need more players premier league level really to to start kicking on before you start seeing us in any sort of tournaments in my opinion yeah totally agree and as mentioned more players in premier league but the problem is we have a lot of players in the championship and there was a lot of Irish involved in the championship this weekend on a positive note. So starting with the Friday night game between Birmingham City and uh, Reading. No, Scott Hogan again for Birmingham. It does seem as if it's an injury there. He did pull out of an Ireland squad. Um, I remember it was true injury for the Norway and Moses game. So it must be a, a bit of a, a serious enough injury there. But Jeff Hendrick did get an assist in this game for Reading. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Um, they did make somewhat of a bit of a mini comeback. Not quite as good as France. Um, they were 3-0 down but still lost that game 3-2 and Shane Long also started this game for Reading that was his first start since early September uh, Ryan Manning was also involved in a, a dramatic comeback equally as good as France's as Swansea City came from 3-0 down to a 3-3 away to Coventry City he actually got the assist uh, for the opening goal in that game for Swansea so incredible character shown from them in the latter half of that second half to take something from that game Armstrong Aquaflex also came on just after half time for the Swans Callum Robinson got an assist and a yellow card for diving in Cardiff City's 1-1 draw with Blackpool. The, the one for diving for going down the penalty box, the shows it on Soccer Saturday. I was watching that and the panel did seem to think it was quite harsh. The referee got that wrong, but he played an unbelievable eye of a needle ball uh, for their assist for their opening goal in that game with their only goal. They drew that game 1-1 with Blackpool. Callum Dowda uh, also started that game and also got booked for Cardiff City. Uh, while CJ Ham- Sam Hamilton for the second week in a row was sprung off the bench for Blackpool. So, Cal Robinson seems to kind of uh, continue where he's left off in Ireland after he got that goal against Malta. That's two weeks in a row now he's had goal involvements for Cardiff. And he's, I have to say, he has done quite well since he got a move there back in the summer from West Brom. And speaking of West Brom, his old club, Darrow Shea captained them to a 3 0 victory over Rotherham on Saturday. And Jason Lumby came on for the last 17 minutes of that game. So, Steve Bruce's men have found a little bit of form over the last couple of weeks. They should be really one of those sides that should be up more the closer to the top end of the table in the championship, in all fairness, West Brom. Uh, as for the losers, Rodham Chinozio Benny, as he regularly does, started that game, and Georgia Kelly came on halfway through the second half. Jimmy Dunn got the winner for a QPR. I don't know how much he actually really knew about the goal. It seemed to just kind of hit off him and go in from a corner. But it was the winner as they won 1-0 away to Preston North End, his second goal of the season, his first since September. Uh, Shadipo also came on in this game for QPR, a regular substitute for them throughout the season. He put the last 13 minutes. While Greg Cunningham, unfortunately, was the only sole Irish representative for Preston. Robbie Brady and Troy Parrish are both confirmed as out injured at the moment. I presume Alan Brown is in the same boat as well. He wasn't in the match this squad, but they didn't have anything on his stashes update on flash score. Cyrus Christie and Sean McLaughlin both start for Hull City in their 1-1 draw at home against Sunderland. Josh Cullen and Burnley got the better of Darrell Lennon and Middlesbrough 3-1. They came from behind in that game, uh, Burnley. Uh, there was even late drama with a penalty in that game that Middlesbrough missed 
So three one victory there for Burnley to keep them top of the team. Okay, very good. Um very unusual for Josh actually to have a goal involvement. Um very rarely he does, but so that's nice to see. But in general, playing very, very well. As we mentioned, our Princeton company certainly seems to have brought his game to another level. And Burnley, in general, going very well, looking good for a, a, a meter return back to the Premier League. Will Smallbone started in Stoke City's 2-1 victory away to Bristol City. Uh, he was the sole Irish involved in that game. Kevin Kilkenny was no new sub. As for the home side, Max O'Leary was once again between the posts while Mark Sykes came off the last 15 minutes. And finally, from the championship, Adam Ida uh, once again came off the bench for Norwich City on his return from injury. But it was a disappointing day for them as they went down to a surprise 2-0 uh, home defeat against Blackburn Rovers, who Sammy Smollocks also came off the bench for. Uh, Andrew Omer-Bendelli once again was an unused sub for Norwich as he makes his return from injury. So, yeah, Paul, a lot to kind of get through there once again. Good to see... Um, uh, Callum Robinson involved in the goals. Jimmy Dunn, you know, he's really, really established himself for QPR in, in the season and a half that he's been there. And as you mentioned as well, as we mentioned on the show last week, Josh Cullen and Burnley absolutely flying at the moment. Yeah, I think Jeff Hendrick got a bit of a dodgy um, assist as well in that Reading game as well. I'm not sure it was much of an assist. I think it was like a shot. It was pretty much going in and the striker came in and headed. I think that game ended 3-2. Um, so they lost 3-2. I think they were 3-0 down. Was that the Birmingham game? Yeah. That's right, Jeff. Friday night. Yeah. Um. So I saw that one. Um. I see, Callum Robinson's uh, assist was unbelievable. I shared that today yeah. on our uh, socials, and yeah, it was really, really top class. Um. One to find him, and then two, obviously, the technique to be able to, to do that, and it was literally, it was so good that literally the striker just had to make a decent contact. Now he still had a lot to do, but, um. Once he could lift that over the keeper, you with the pace that was on it, you knew it was pretty much um, a goal. So fantastic by him, and obviously the striker as well to put it away. I'm not sure of his name, but anyway, um, and Jimmy Dunn, yeah, great to see him scoring goals. You'd wonder what he has to do to probably get a chance to play for Ireland. He's been called up a couple of times when others have pulled out, but um, really becoming a seasoned um, championship player at this stage now for QPR, and as you say, he's a a regular fixture in that QPR side and they always seem to be uh, banging on about him how, how good he's been for them so um, just a solid centre-back I think uh, a bit of a no-nonsense centre-back and that's probably why he doesn't get into Kenny's team because he's maybe not so much of a ball player but um, just a proper all-school centre-back but again I don't really watch him that much to know you know is he decent on the ball or whatever but I th- look he's scoring goals uh, winning games for the club so I think that's all that really matters and yeah Josh getting an assist um I mean, I'm kind of running out of things to say about Josh at this stage. I mean, I'm always bigging him up every week, so um, there's not much more I can really say about him. I just think he's just he's just showing his quality all the time and consistently, and he's um he's probably the most consistent Irish player that I've seen in a while. That you know you don't really see him having too many bad performances, and uh, you know he's probably Ireland's best player at the moment. Yeah, I think on current form, and he got the. The player of the year for for 2022 as well probably maybe the other thing to take away from as well was uh very very encouraging to see and it probably says a lot about him at such a young tender age i think he's still only 22 darrow shades seeing captains in west Brom. obviously that steve bruce places a lot of faith and trust in him we know about him already that you know he is comes across very very mature uh for someone of his tender's age and there's no doubt about it there's 
such a thing as a leadership group in the Ireland camp with Stephen Kenny. I can't imagine he's too far away. He probably has been someone we've talked up for a while. Mm. He's going to be. A well, it's not Bruce anymore. Ireland it's uh, Carlos Car. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah. yeah, sorry, Steve Bruce uh, got the sack there in the season. That's right because when Roy Keane was in the job, but so it's encouraging to see that he's been still highly thought of as well at club level. Yeah, well, this is, you know, a lot of managers that have come in there, I think I, may, I could be wrong in saying this, but I think maybe Allardyce had him as captain at one stage last season. Um, or sorry, the season before when during the Prem. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but a lot of managers really, he played him either way, um, and he was still quite young at the time. Kenny really likes him as well, and uh, I wouldn't say it'd be long before he's captain Ireland at some stage, but someone who... Is obviously the captain at the moment to score tonight now in uh, John Egan's going for Sheffield United and emphatic header if you're to go by Kenny's kids um, on Twitter. So uh, I think he's put Sheffield United 1 0 up at the moment. Some people are probably watching that, so that's probably why they're not on with us. Um, but yeah, I think that's 1 0 at the moment. Um, yeah, 1 0, 31 minutes gone. Big John Egan from an Oliver Norwood assist. Yeah, a bit of a local, I wouldn't say local, a bit of an Irish derby there. So much Irish involvement in that game, obviously, with the three lads, Kieran Clark, John Egan, and Andy Stevens, Sheffield United, and then obviously Will Keane and James McLean. But Wigan, of course, Anthony Scully there as well, but struggling to kind of get game time there since his move in the summer. Uh, but the league that Anthony Scully did very well in was League One, and we'll move on to that because there's a nice bit to get through there from the weekend as well. Their fixture list was a little bit more hampered and hit the weekend from the cold snap. Um, but just Irish involvement from the weekend. Uh, Conor Grant got an assist in NK Dong's 2 0 win over Portsmouth. So, kind of one of them old cases of you get a, kind of a bit of a bounce after a change in manager. And MK Dong's once again proven true to that. Anthony O'Connor scored for Morecambe in their 2 1 defeat uh, away to Plymouth Argyle. That's his first goal of the season. And probably the big interesting involvement uh, from the weekend in League One. David McGoldrick got a hat-trick for Derby County in their 4-0 victory over Forest Green Rovers. He's now up to 10 goals for the season, 7 in the league, and most encouraging as well, Jason Knight got an assist for one of his goals in that game. David McGoldrick be one of those players, Paul, while he didn't really maybe have long in a green shirt, I still think he'd be fondly remembered from by fans, and particularly that time under Mick McCarthy's most recent spell. He, he probably was the star player, or one of the definite star players from our Euro 2020 qualifying campaign. Yeah, I think, look, um, it's unfortunate that he just kind of decided that he didn't want to play international football anymore, but you can understand at his age, and that, I think that's why he's probably dropped down to uh, to play in League One now with uh, with Derby, but they're, they're getting the fruits of it. I mean, there's a good core of the Irish lads there with Aaron Cashin, Jason Knight, uh, James uh, James Collins, sorry, and uh, and Dizzy, and Dizzy's banging them in, and it was three good goals, like two quite simple ones, but then the, the one that, the second one he got with uh, Knight hits it to him and he had a lovely turn onto his left foot bang top corner I mean it shows the class that he has but unfortunately as he said uh, never we don't think we really ever got to see the best of him in an Ireland jersey um, he was good against a couple of teams I think like Georgie was good in um, I think that was under Mick uh, the tennis ball game that was he was really good in that game and then the Switzerland game where he scored uh, the Aviva um he was really good in that game as well and uh, got a really good equaliser to, to get us back into the game, which we probably thought was dead and buried at that stage. And, um, yeah, so I don't think he really he, we really got to see the best of him. I know he was voted player of the year during COVID there. Um, just someone came in the comments there, Eugene McGeever, just a thoughts on Messi winning the World Cup for Argentina yesterday. 
against France in the World Cup final yesterday afternoon. Eugene, we did speak about it at the start, so if you go back and watch it, um, we spoke for about 10 minutes on the World Cup final yesterday, so you can check that out. But uh, yeah, just back to Didzy. Um, fantastic to see them doing well. Hopefully he gets uh, Derby promoted and continues to, to do well for them in the championship. But it's good to see all the Irish lads doing well there for, for Derby County. And obviously there's a big connection between the Irish and Derby, uh, Derby County, but we will not mention um, Richard Kyo on that one. No, probably best not to. But I think, yeah, um, I was going to say there, even the Savaki game, actually, the playoff, I thought uh, Magoljik was brilliant that night. Probably one of his only appearances under Stephen Kenyon. I think at this stage now, it's over two years since he retired. It's touched on. He's now dropped down to League One. I think initially at first we're kind of maybe hoping he might reverse his decision and retire in international football. I do think kind of at the time it was trying to help prolong his Premier League career with Sheffield United. They ended up being relegated that season. I think there was kind of personal issues as kind of well. But still, as I said, even though I probably didn't see that much from maybe towards the end when he kind of got on that good run with Sheffield United, but I still think he kind of will be very, very fondly remembered uh, by Irish fans. Um, move on to the championship or the Scottish Premiership again. Their fixture list was a little bit hampered as well by the weather over the weekend. But uh, a few bits of information to take away from that. Aidan McGeady made his competitive debut from Hibs for, uh, since joining in the summer to come on for the last 11 minutes of their 3 2 defeat away to Rangers on Thursday night in Ibrox. So you can imagine as a former Celtic player, he probably got a lovely reception there when he came on from the home fans. Uh, Johnny Hayes came off the last 18 minutes of Aberdeen's 1-0 defeat at home to Celtic. Celtic actually got a very, very late goal to win that game to maintain their nine-point lead at the top of the table. Graham Carey played the full 90 minutes as St. Johnson extended their unbeaten run to six games now. They're up to the top half of the table. The 2-1 win away to Ross County on Saturday. And Alan Power, uh, Captain Kilmarnock, but they had a day to forget as they fell to a 3-1 defeat to Hearts. Suppose, Paul, um, we've seen kind of uh, links and rumours last week suggesting that the FAI might be looking to get Lee Carsey as a long-term replacement for Stephen Kenny. But Jim Goodwin is someone as well that we kind of talked about <clears throat> as well. Obviously done a fantastic job with limited resources at St. Merrin. You know, got promoted and got these rewards for that job by getting a step up by going to Aberdeen. Didn't really quite work out last season, but they're doing really well this season despite that defeat to Celtic. But that was always going to be a difficult task. The third in the table. Where do you think I think he belongs in the conversation to be potential Ireland manager as well? Um, yeah, I don't know. He's done all right, like, and he's brought you a good few Irish um, players and stuff like that. But I, I still think he's a ways to go. If I'm being honest, um, yeah. But look, um, stranger things have happened, and if the FAO need to go a cheaper route, they might just decide to do that. But I think he's. He he just wouldn't be for me right now, and like not that we're you know exactly um, in the best shape. I, I I would actually prefer Cars if I'm being honest. But look, I I like him, um, and I hope he continues to do a good job with um, Aberdeen. But yeah, he's brilliant with Saint Mirren, and uh, yeah, he's he, he's shown that he can get the best out of um, not the best group of players, but um, he he can get maximize um and get extra percentage out of out of players so maybe in that regard he could be good but i just think the jury's out a little bit on him in my opinion do you still think he'd need to be tried and trusted in england first before you like that you wouldn't promote him directly from aberdeen to the republic of ireland job yeah possibly i think uh the spl's uh aberdeen is too low of a standard to to judge would you be would he be good at 
um, international level now people will go well hang on Stephen Kenny was League of Ireland and he was Dunfermline so there's that argument to it too but just my preference would be if he could go to England and do well and um, yeah. you know get some experience um, at a higher level I think he'd be more respected by players too so that would that would just be my opinion but again our players aren't exactly playing um, in Premier League every week they're not uh, so they Although they, some of them may have egos, they're not. Uh, they probably don't have a right to really have uh, huge egos in, in terms of managers and stuff like that. If uh, they're playing, not you know, not too many of them are playing Premier League football at all. So that's what I think. Yeah, um, as I mentioned there as well, Aberdeen beaten by Celtic at the weekend. Obviously, a little bit kind of going off topic, not kind of quite because Celtic obviously is such a massive kind of uh, following in Ireland as well. And you're, I know yourself, you're a big Celtic fan. You try to get over there as much as you can as well Paul you have to say I kind of know the Champions League had its ups and down there were a couple of really good performances like they were very good against Real Madrid for 60 odd minutes in class kind of told out you know they got the results in Shaq there but I think overall in general you'd still say Celtic fans would be very happy with how this season is going to go and they've opened up probably a bigger league than anticipated over Rangers and if they can win that game in early January you know there's a good chance that Celtic would probably have one hand if not already on the league title yeah, sorry, I was just changing the, the chat around there. It's it's messing around there. Um, yeah, look, I I I think it's Celtic's uh, league to to lose. Um, at this stage, you know, I don't think Rangers are really that strong this season. They obviously sacked the manager, got a new manager in, but have to be wary of that too. So, um, yeah, but like, I just. I think Ange is brilliant since he's came in and the way he handles everything, the way he handles the media, everything like that. So I, um, I'm really not that worried about Rangers at the moment, at this moment in time. But then again, things can change. But for the moment, I'm happy enough. So Yeah, big game on the 2nd of second of January. Like I said, if Rangers could win that game, maybe results uh, change in between then the gap could be narrowed down strangely enough I was actually looking at the Scottish Premiership fixtures over Christmas Celtic are playing on New Year's or I'm playing on Christmas Eve which is very unusual but I suppose maybe for a novelty for a change it'd be nice to have a bit of football to watch on uh, on Christmas Eve and add to the already stacked schedule of uh, fixtures over the next couple of weeks just one last thing to bring you from an Irish update uh, it's from Scottish League 1 uh, Rui Payton got his 10th goal of the season for Queen of the South but they still fell to a 2-1 defeat to Cartley to Kelty Hearts. Um, that's pretty much the roundup there, Paul. I suppose is there anything on really else to talk about? We know yeah. League Cup, League Cup this week. Uh, be a good chance maybe for a lot of our Irish players. I know, for instance, being a Liverpool fan, playing Man City Thursday night, be another good chance for Cleveland Kelleher to showcase his talent. Yeah, um, just a couple of transfers. I think David Harrington has left Cork for Fleetwood Town. I think Phoenix Par- Patterson, but he he's confirmed. Um, yeah, today to have left Waterford to join. Their sister club, uh, Fleetwood Town. Um, so Waterford and Fleetwood are, are connected now. That I think they're the same owner. So uh, yeah, they're uh, they're after taking Phoenix. So we won't see them in the Premier Division next season in the League of Ireland. Uh, a little bit of a shame because I was looking forward to seeing if he was going to sign for anyone in the League of Ireland and getting a better look at him. I know he was at Spurs before. Um, so yeah, he could be one that kicks on. They've already already got a uh, promise on my share there as well and then if Harrington goes so there'll be a bit more eyes maybe on uh, Fleetwood going forward and Scott Brown being the manager too so there's uh, a few links there Yeah it's this point because like he really lit up the, the first division and 
the cup run as well in Waterford really kind of took off towards the end of the last season. Would have been nice to see him, I think, from a neutral kind of point of view and for general interest in the League of Ireland to see him in the Premier Division. But look, the day is, as we've seen during the summer, when clubs in England come knocking, even at that level, it's very, very hard to go turning down. Yeah, it's a money game, unfortunately. And if you don't yeah. come with the money, then unfortunately you get left behind. So, yeah. Um, and that's why so many of our clubs struggle. But, yeah, let's uh, let's just see um, how they get on. Well, hopefully, if they do get on well, they'll be pushing to get Ireland, Ireland call-ups and stuff like that. It's a strange one with Harrington because I thought he was going to go to Everton. But for whatever reason, I think he signed a three-year deal now with uh, Fleetwood. So, let's see how he gets on. Good stuff indeed. I think that's, as I said, all the roundup and everything else to, uh, taken care of. As I mentioned, things now stepping up over the next kind of couple of days. Now the Sports World Cup is over. The League Cup is back this week, the fourth round, and then the Premier League swings back into action on Stevens' day, and there'll be a lot to get stuck into over the next couple of days. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure we'll probably touch base with you again uh, between now and New Year with a roundup on the Irish Abroad Show. But until then, uh, Paul, just in case I don't see you between now and next Sunday, I want to wish you a, a very happy Christmas and thanks for everything throughout 2022 and hopefully uh, you have a good one. Yeah, likewise, have a great Christmas and uh, same to anyone listening or watching or commenting or anything like that as well. Thanks for all the support. Probably didn't do as much as we wanted this year just through work and, and stuff like that, but next year should be a good year, um, starting with some good interviews in the new year, but we'll keep them close to our uh, chest for now. But yeah, you have a great Christmas, Chair. i sure I'll be uh, on to you over the Christmas at some stage anyway. So yeah, um, don't go too wild and uh, make sure the, the cattle are fed, yeah? Oh yeah, has to be done. First, first priorities. Yeah, um, I suppose uh, I'll I'll do that an outro and uh, um, Eugene says Merry Christmas and come on Everton for Boxing Day. Good man, Eugene. Uh, thanks for commenting. He's the only one who's commenting tonight. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're um, if you're new to the channel, sorry, um, don't forget to subscribe. If you like the video, drop a thumbs up on the video. Don't forget to subscribe. As I said. Um, leave your thoughts in the comments and anything we spoke of as well especially those transfers if you're a Waterford fan you might be a bit disappointed to see Phoenix go because you probably thought he was going to drag us up to the Premier Division with the season coming in so um, yeah uh, leave your thoughts in the comments don't forget to like the video don't forget to subscribe uh, 